Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Let's look over here in um, 2 Corinthians. I told Dr. Jacobs that I would have to start at the end to be able to get this. I'd have to start at the end and uh, say what I want to say and then tell us how to get there. Amen. Amen. The church should be living larger than what it's currently living. Amen. Amen. It should be living larger than what it's currently living. It should be doing more than what it's currently doing. It should have more than what it currently has. It should be a greater demonstration of what it than it currently is demonstrating. Amen. It should be more like Jesus than it really is. It should be praying more than it's praying. It should be in the word more than it's in the word. Amen. Praise God. If you see, listening to my voice, you know we're talking about another level. Amen. We're talking about another level for, us, for myself too. Amen. I got rebuked this week. Amen. I got rebuked this week. <laughs> Dr. Hatterball got up and started preaching about taking off your towel Wednesday night. Amen, and dressing down, hallelujah. I know how to take my rebukes, amen. amen. I just change. I don't, I don't, I don't make an excuse. I don't, I don't make excuses. I change. Amen. amen, I don't come up with a reason why. And they say, when people do that around me, I shut them down real quick, especially in private correction. I shut them down real quick. I ain't got time to be playing around with you. Well, you in my private time right now, and I don't have time for your weak excuse while you're not giving God your best. And why it's taking you too long to change. I don't have time for that. We get in private counseling. I'm real sweet in public counseling. That's what I'm doing right now. Amen. Praise God. But, but praise God. He's right. I said I had to listen. He was right. I got it. You know, God expanded us. And, and, and we start doing Wednesday nights and Tuesday nights. And I was thinking I had to drive back and forth and put out effort. So why don't I just put on jeans? Amen. Everybody else is doing it. Let me tell you something, if everybody else is doing it, that's a clear indication that you are on the broad way and not on the narrow way. <laughs> Amen. If everybody's doing it, it's a good chance you on the broad way. Amen. Because this is going to be about giving God our best. Come on now. This is going to be about giving him our best, stepping it up all the time for Jesus. Amen. So I took my correction. Praise God. If you, if you go back and look, um, last week we were in uh, Marietta, Cali not Marietta, Merced, California. We were doing a Word and Spirit conference for uh, Pastor Johnny Simons and Debbie Simons. And uh, Dr. Jacobs asked uh, Dr. Hatterball and I to take the morning services. And because we, he started doing Word and Spirit conferences, about five of them a year. And he asked Dr. Hatterball and I to help him. Praise God. And he prophesied that we would help him more in meetings. He saw it coming. So the, the thing is, um, you know, so, so we, we, took, we took different morning services. And when, when, when Dr. Hannibal got up, he was talking about honor leaving the church. And he was talking about, and it starts from the top down. Amen. It starts from the top down. If, if his honor's not in the top, I guarantee you it ain't in the bottom. Amen, praise God. And if it's in the top, the bottom needs to change. Amen. Amen. And, and for what I'm going to preach tonight, we can't get into it without having, without having our best. Amen. Without God giving it, he's already given us his best. 
Amen. He's already given us his best. For us to give him less than that is, is, is letting us know that he, we just disqualified ourselves. Amen. From the power of God and the things he really wants to bring in this earth. Amen. So, so when we, you know, God expanded us. For the 12 years I said unto Dr. Jacobs, he never wore blue jeans on Wednesday nights. He never did that. You'll never get Dr. Dufresne to. When you go look at the wall, I call it the people that imparted to my life in my office on my wall, you'll never see them doing it either. So I got rebuked real quick. Amen. Amen. So I got rebuked real quick. But I was thinking, okay, man, if I got I to, you know, all the things I'm doing, the Bible schools I'm doing and the two services during the midweek, two services in the, in the morning, two services in the midweek, you start thinking about becoming more casual. Because casual is convenient. It doesn't take much time to do casual. Amen. And what you'll end up doing is becoming casual. It'll start permeating your whole life. You read your Bible, you'll take a casual attitude toward. Praying will become a casual attitude. Your attendance will become casual. It doesn't matter if you're there or not. And then all of a sudden when attack comes, people want to blow up my phone. They want to blow my phone up because they can't get off of them what's on them. They don't have the solutions. Why? Because they haven't been walking in their best toward God. Amen. Amen. When your prayer life is at its best, you don't have to call people. Amen. When your revelation of the word is at its highest, you don't have to call people to get something off of you. You already got enough going on to get it off yourself, amen. You looking for who else you can get it off of, amen. And so it's dangerous being casual because you will not get the manifestations that's promised in this Bible. And then the church will have to become a smoke and mirror church and a singing church and a 30-minute preaching church because the preacher's empty. That's why the service is lasting 20 and 30 minutes because there ain't nothing in him either. Amen, because people go empty, and when, when you don't have anything to give, it's best to shut up quick because people will figure it out. Amen, praise God. I'll be the first one to figure it out. Amen, that's why preachers are quitting. That's why they're going into immorality. They are quitting. That's why a lot of churches can't open back up. There's no power to open back up. The people haven't been fed. They're in such fear and insecurity. They don't believe in the healing power of God. And, and it's pretty much just wiped itself out a lot of places. Amen. But this place, God ordained this place to be different. Amen. We ought to change when he tells us to change. Amen. We ought to give him our best if we expect his best. And that is the deal. Make no mistake about it. Amen. You will give him a faith that he can honor if you want your prayer answered. If you want the power of God flowing in your life, you will give him a faith he can honor. Amen. If you want the blessing of the Lord, amen, that maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it, you will give him a faith that he honors. Amen. And that's going to be a meditated faith. Amen. That's going to be a studied faith. A meditative people take time out to get in the word. And God had to tell me people are trying to confess the word without believing it. No, you're going to have to take time to get this word in your heart. Then the manifestations come. Then you can confess the word. Amen. So let's go down here and look a little bit further, and I'm going to go to the end of this thing. I was in a meeting um, 
last year with Pastor Nancy Dufresne, and, and uh, I went to the morning service, and the minister that was up, he taught out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And, um, and he taught, and he probably stopped around at verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and he stopped at verse 11. And I'll pick up here at verse 11. And when he, could, he stopped at verse 11, the Holy Spirit told me to keep going. And so this is what verse 11 says, being enriched in everything. Somebody say rich in everything. Rich in everything. This is what God's will is for the church, rich in everything. Amen. But the church is not rich in everything. Amen. But I, but I believe I got a way to get us there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And when I was talking to Dr. Jacobs about this, he said, Keith, and said, when did you get this? Have you been preaching this in your church? Now, when he asked me stuff like that, then I know I'm on it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Because he's the, he's the most studied man I know from Genesis to Revelation. He's the most studied man I know. And when, he, when, when God gives me things and then he starts asking me questions about it, then I know I'm on the trail. Amen. Amen. And God has given me this because he wants to take us somewhere. Amen. He wants you enriched in everything. I'm talking about enriched in your mind, enriched in your body. Amen. Enriched in your spirit, enriched in your finances, enriched in your relationship, enriched in your assignment, praise God. Enriched in your social standing. Amen. Wherever you are, he wants you to stand out. If you enrich, you're going to stand out. Come on now. Praise God. Amen. When you enrich, you stand out. Enrich means that you didn't have something of yourself. Amen. You're not consisting of just of yourself. You're having something added to you that you didn't currently have in the state. Amen. Amen. In your current state, something has been added to you. Have you ever bought enriched bread before? Come on now. That means, praise God, that something has been stripped out of the bread. Amen. When he's talking about bread, it means something has been stripped out of the bread and the people are selling it in order for it to have some nutrition in it to do something for your body. Do you know your body needs nutrition? Say amen to that. If, nu if you become nutritionally poor, you will die before your time. But by the time you get in your 60s and 70s, you will have stripped your body of nutrition and you look older than you're supposed to look because your body has been depleted, amen, and it needs enrichment. Amen, praise God. And I'm not going to get on the natural nutrition tonight, but I'm talking about spiritual nutrition. Amen, God gave the Holy Ghost to you to enrich your life. God gave the word to you to enrich your life. And if you let your life become Holy Ghost depleted and word depleted, you will not be enriched in everything. Because everything that he's going to enrich us in is going to come by our exposure to the word and our exposure to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Because the word and the spirit have the assignment to enrich us. Amen. Praise God. Enrich us like what? The way Jesus is enriched. Jesus is the most enriched man in existence. He is an enriched man. He is God, but he's an enriched man, and he was sent to this planet to teach us how to receive enrichment, amen, at the highest level. That's what Philippians says right now. He's seated at the highest level of opulence and wealth. He is the most wealthiest man in existence. And he is the head, but we are his body. And Jesus is tired of a rich head and a broke body. 
Amen. Praise God. And he's here to enrich us so that that body catches up with the head. Amen. Amen. You want to catch up tonight, you better be listening. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I've never preached this before. And I like what I'm preaching now. Praise God. I've been preaching on acceleration, God trying to move you quickly in what he's doing. Amen. I've been preaching on grace moments and grace events. Hallelujah. Because something's, something bigger than you got to happen to you in order to fulfill the plan of God for your life. God don't want you just rolling along and looking like the world. The Bible says you're supposed to have distinction. And the way you have it is through the word and spirit. That's why we call ourselves a word and spirit church. We're going to get a new bulletin board put up out there, the new advertising board. And somebody wanted to put a word and spirit church up. I said, no, they don't, people don't even know what a word and spirit church is. Some of them even know how to get to church. So now don't put that up there. Just put Jesus as Lord up there. Put up there, Jesus is large and in charge. Amen. Praise God. They can understand that. Amen. So he says, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness. Amen. Which means God, bountiful means you have plenty for liberality. Amen. You have plenty for liberality, which means that you can give abundantly. Amen. And then when you give abundantly, it causes through us thanksgiving to God. Amen. Amen. God wants you rich because people will thank him as you are blessing, amen, to the people around you. Thanks will begin to go to God if we are enriched. Amen. Amen. Thanks don't go to God when the church is broke. Church don't, thanks don't go to God when the church is running from Corona like everybody else. Thanks don't go to God when the church can't pay his bills like everything else around it. Thanks don't go to God when the church is, is mentally dense like everything around it. Don't know the difference between whether men should be with men, or girls should be with girls. No, God didn't make them Adam and Steve or Thelma and Louise. He made them Adam, amen, and the woman, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. The church is getting confused. I am not confused, amen, praise God. I know who I'm taking home with me tonight, praise God. I'm taking that golden hair on the front row, praise God. Amen, praise God forever. Just messing with you, but being real at the same time. I got one thanks for that. We know this, praise God. God says he wants us enriched in everything. Amen. And this includes in the area of finances. It also includes in the area of revelation. Now, I'm going to show you tonight that um, what, increasing in wealth is a grace. Amen. And grace is something you don't do yourself. Grace is something God does to enrich your life, to put you on a level that you could never live without this grace. Amen. Praise God. And the, this house has got to be a candidate for supernatural increase so I wouldn't be having this message anyway. Amen. I'm not just preaching on being enriched. The Bible talks about it. He's talking to about being enriched and everything. And, and, and I want you to know, I don't care where you start at, praise God, you can have it. It doesn't matter where you start if you're listening to me. Amen. We can get there. Praise God. Evidently, we go and praise God because he's given me this word. Amen. Now, it's interesting that he preached about financial, supernatural wealth to the Corinthian church. It's interesting that he preached about supernaturally 
being enriched in everything to the Corinthian church. Why the Corinthian church? Because it was the most carnal church in the Bible. If you wanted to see Christians living in sin, go to the Corinthian church. Amen. If you wanted to see Christians living in totality of sin, talking about the name of Jesus, go to the Corinthian church. They in court suing each other. They in strife with each other. They sleeping with people they're not married to. One man brought his dad, his wife, to church and sat right next to her in the church. Amen. And they were doing all kinds of things. They were comparing themselves among themselves. They were determining, they were, they were, they were, they were choosing their favorite preachers, the preachers that itched their ears, told them what, told them things just to get them excited instead of telling them things that's going to grow them up, feed them with spiritual candy instead of Holy Ghost broccoli. Amen. Come on now. And asparagus word, praise God. They were giving them candies and, and drawing money out of them, telling them, praise God, we got some water came straight out of the Jordan River, sprinkle it on yourself, turn around three times, and the blessing of the Lord will overtake you. They were sending their money to preachers like that instead of the ones that are going to help them grow up. They were so messed up, by the time Paul got there, he couldn't even take an offering up from them. And he called them an inferior church. You've heard me use that word around here if you've long been in around here in a little time. I used it last week because we used to be an inferior church. And I had to make changes. Notice, if you're going to leave inferior living, you're going to have to make changes. If you don't want your family to be inferior and dysfunctional, you have to make changes. Amen. You got to make word and spirit changes in your house. You got you to employ word and spirit living in your marriage. You got to employ word and spirit living with your children. That's what you got to do. If you don't want a dysfunctional home, a dysfunctional home is not enriched. And I don't care what side of the city it's on. I don't care if it's in the governor's, the governor's manor. I don't, care, I don't care if it's in the White House. If the word and spirit is not there, dysfunction is there. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Because God says, no man will build a house without me. Nobody builds a house without God. And if you try to do it, I don't care how good intentions are the people have. The Bible said, except the Lord build a house, they waste in their time. He's either going to mess up the daddy, that's who he's coming after first with his prayerless lifestyle, that won't pick up his Bible and won't go to anybody's church. He's going to then try to mess up the wife or the kids. And it's even sad if he gets to your grandkids. That bothers the parent. That's why so many parents, grandparents are having to raise children. Say amen to that. Because somebody failed at a level that now the, the older generation had to step in. I don't feel like raising my grandkids. I love them, praise God. But there's a lot of them, amen, and they got great knees and they're running around. I don't already did that. I don't want to do that. I like playing with them, hugging them, kissing them, picking them up, buying them toys, getting them chick fillets and things like that. But praise God, after a while, I get tired. I start looking for parents. Where are the parents? <laughs> Where are the parents? Praise God. I like, to, I like when they spend the night, but one night. Come on now. I like when they spend the night, but not every night. Amen. They should have a home that they can go to. Amen. I already did that. Praise God. I want to do something else. Come on now. Praise God. I want to go out and praise God, find a beach somewhere and take Pastor Cynthia with me. 
and go ride bikes, praise God. Now, I don't lay out on the beach. It's too hot. I don't do that. I like get finding a tree or something like that. I wait till the sun go down. Then I go out to the beach. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not a sun worshiper. I don't lay out in the sun. I don't need a tan. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody else may need one. That's your business. It's personal. You don't get a tan for somebody else. You get it for yourself. It's personal. Amen. Praise God. I don't want one. Praise God. I'm tanned enough. God already did that for me. I got an already built-in tan. Ain't Jesus all right? Praise God. Isn't he all right? I already got one. Built in. I ain't got to lay out there. Praise God. All right. <laughs> yes. We're talking about doing this, being enriched. We're talking about your family being enriched. You need to, you need to go out to this because you want your home to be enriched. Amen. You want to be married happily ever after. Amen, just like they say it in the movies and just like they say it in, the, in, 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 in those, you know, those, whatever those books, the fiction books, merrily, happily ever after. You don't want to be in strife in your home. You don't want to be arguing in your home, fighting and arguing and all kinds of things like that. It'll happen if you don't have God in there. I've seen the devil wipe out whole families because they weren't enriched. Whole families gone. They don't even live on the planet. Kill all the kids and everything. You better listen to me. The house is built on the rock will stand. If it's enriched. And a house on the rock is an enriched house. I keep telling people I don't come to church because I'm the pastor. I've come to church because I'm married to this woman on the front row. Amen. With all this golden hair. Praise God. I like to keep life golden. Amen. I like to keep it golden. I want to just have golden hair. I want to keep life golden. I want to keep it sweet. Amen. Praise God. It's better to be a lover than a fighter. Then you're going to need an enriched life. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You don't even let you shouldn't even let your kids fight. Amen. I never let my children know. Praise God. No, 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 no. Y'all going to need each other later on in life. You want to scatter at home, just let them fight. Your life will be, your house will be scattered, praise God. Let's go down here and look down here. And then uh, this, this minister got up and read verse 11. The Holy Ghost said, keep reading. And then it says, while the experiment of this ministration is talking about wealth, they glorified God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. They glorified God for your professed subjection. See, when I realized I wasn't giving him my best, I changed. Because of my professed subjection. That when I come under subjection, I change. I don't try to justify living wrong. A lot of people do that justify living in dishonor and a person that's living in dishonor can grab their things and get up and leave the church until they're ready to change because what I'm preaching don't work for disrespectful people Amen. and there's no need of having a congregation like that if they don't want to change you will waste your whole life in this position you'll produce no fruit 
You'll become an old person that nobody cares anything about because all you did was waste your life raising up a house of dishonor. I don't care how long it takes or whatever we got to do, we're doing honor. Amen. That's what we're doing. We're doing honor. Somebody left a, desk, a note on my desk. Left a note on my desk at the last church we were in. I don't know why this church won't grow. Left it on my desk. They still a fornicator to this day. And I had to get all the non-tithers and all the fornicators out. That's what is in Matthew 21. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Jesus had to purge the house. Amen. Amen. You might have to purge yours. You may have to start giving God your best. Instead of your worst, if we're going to get what we're talking about here. So when we changed, they all, single file line went out. Broke to this day. I keep getting testimonies about them. I don't go looking for them. I don't even go looking for them. They just, people come tell me about them. I saw so-and-so. <laughs> I said, he's still broke, ain't he? Yeah. <laughs> still working the same job they had when they left here. No promotion for a decade. That's not being enriched. <laughs> That's the curse. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord, saints. But listen, I'm talking about the church that was the worst in the entire Bible. They could have made it but they were going to have to change. As soon as we got the house right, promotions and increases start breaking out all over the church. And it's still going on and people increase. The building filled up, praise God. People start parking around. We were getting in a stage of enrichment. Amen. And we had to leave the back road and come to the front road. We got promoted because we honored God. Amen. Now God said, keep you at another crossroads, son. You're going to have to teach another level of best in this church. I got one amen. See what I'm saying right now? I know. Praise God. That's why I got to do it. And we're going to stay on this. Praise God. I know I'm not going to get it done tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. But we're going to stay on it because it's the only road ahead. Amen. And I'm already changing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Whatever God wants is best. That's when I'm giving him my best. Jesus gave me his best, amen. That's why I've been able to keep my mind, my body, my family, my finances, amen. Keep my life together, keep the ministry together because he gave me his best. And then soon as I start sowing my best, supernatural enrichment began to come. And he expanded the ministry to Brentwood. People want to know how expansion comes? Honoring God with your best. That's how it comes. You're going to give him your best. You're not going to give him your worst. And this work, no, sir. It's going to take your best. And your best may take a little bit longer. It take, may take a little bit longer preparation. It may take more time. The best takes more time than casual. It takes time to put a tie on. 
Well, people don't have to wear a towel. The, the moment you go to the White House and you put a towel, you just told God, I show them more honor than you. He measures where you put your best. The moment you tell him you don't have time to pray, you don't have time to study the word, but you got hours of television program, your favorite program. <laughs> you might as well get ready. I'm not even going to ask you if you're ready for me. You knew I was, you knew I was coming back. Did you, hear, did you hear the plane landed? Did you hear the plane landed? You should have been ready for me. I've been a whole week with the prophet. I've never been that long with him in, in, ever. We went from Monday to Monday. Morning, noon, and night. <laughs> you should have known I was going to come back something on me. Amen. You can't spend time in meetings all week long, praise God. <laughs> and you don't spend time in the Word, nothing changes in you. He started talking to me about changes. We already started implementing them. You just ain't been around me. Amen. And you've been benefiting from it, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You've been benefiting from it, and I'll tell you about it later on. But this was the worst church there was in the Bible, carnal church. They were so carnal, Paul would not take even an offering up to them. He said, you are inferior churches. I'm robbing other churches so I can preach to you. Other people are praying for my time and covering my expenses to preach to you. See, that's the kind of church I had over there. God wouldn't promote it. He wouldn't bless it. I framed every wall in the whole building. People hardly helped me. Brother Jerry did. Then the other guy, he married the wrong woman. I sat in my office and told him, why do you have to marry this disrespectful person? The reason why he had to marry because he had a soul tie when he started sleeping with her. Don't break somebody in my office talking about we're going to get married. You already doing the booth, the corner in the dark. We getting married because we already doing the bump or whatever you want to call it. I don't want to get too messed up with you, but you know what I'm talking about. And then trying to bring them in here because y'all already violate. Don't bring it in here, man. Go on down to the, take the disrespectful mess down to the court. And see, I'm a different pastor now. That's what I should have done to him. Trying to make it right. Then I let them use the church and get married. They walked out of the door, left all the marriage trash and all the... I have to start thinking. Disrespectful people leave trails of disrespect. I'm not even trying to go for people. And so I, I'm not even looking for people. Somebody came back and told us, somebody came from, that knew that person came back and told us, well, he's sitting in the house drinking Jack Daniels every night. But I came over here, I want to be your armor bearer. I want to come back, Pastor Rogan. Pastor Cynthia said, who is this you brought here with you tonight? Oh, that's my girlfriend. Pastor Cynthia went over there and asked the girlfriend, are y'all sleep together? Yes, but it's him. So I need a fornicating armor bearer, right? I need an armor bearer so bad that I need a fornicating, disrespecting armor bearer. See, people think about bringing anything to the church and just throwing it out there, and we're supposed to take it because we're so needy. No, I'm not. Amen, praise God. I know this church is going to be filled with faithful, honorable people of wisdom, 
people that are enriched, amen, people that will stand with God and stand with you because that's the seed I sowed with my pastor. So I'm dismissing the lots, I'm dismissing the Ishmaels, and I'm waiting on the Isaacs that's going to cause me to laugh. And I'm not trying to employ the dishonorable anymore. I spent my time. They help you get nowhere. Spent 15 of my years of my life with that mess. Take your girlfriend and your fornicating lifestyle down the street somewhere else. This Bible says in this chapter, you don't even belong in the church unless you're ready to repent right now. Amen, praise God. Just like I came out of them jeans, and put on a suit just like that, praise God. And some people, they would get mad over having to do this and got an excuse why they won't give God the best. No, don't ever have an excuse why you won't give God the best if you want to be enriched in everything. And it took him two years to clean this church up. And they repented. And they repented. Smith Wigglesworth raised more people from the dead 19th century than anybody, probably in the 19th, the 20th, and the 21st century. He said the New Testament believer will have to repent often. No, we're not sorry that we got caught. That's not repentance. Repentance is changing your behavior. Because God is right. Dr. Hatterball got up and preached just like Dr. Dufresne would preach, talking about dishonor preachers taking off their tie. He threw his tie up in the air and the mic flew everywhere. He kept preaching with the mic down. He was all fired up down there in Merced, California. He just sprayed like it was spraying fire all across the sanctuary. And when he got to the part on dressing down, it burnt me. Whoa! Smoke caught me, praise God. <laughs> I didn't get mad. Talking about, I got to preach in two churches. You would do this if you had to preach. Shut up! There's no limit on giving God your best. If you had to go to the White House every week, wouldn't you put on a tie all week long? You're not coming in in your jeans. If I was in, I was, I was in, I was in meetings all week long, wore suits and ties all week long. Morning meetings, night meetings. Why do you change when you get home? Yeah, that is good. Because, see, people get casual at home. They act like the Holy Ghost don't go home with them. They putting on a show everywhere. I'm preaching real good right now. I'm trying to get us into something, amen. Praise God. You want to give God your best all the time. You can't get home and let your hair down and then watch anything you want to watch on TV. Watching folk roll all over in the bed in television. I'm preaching real good. Say amen to that. And then you want to, roll, want to know why the rolling spirit is on you. Preaching real good right now. You got to realize, the Bible said fornicators have no inheritance. Amen. I ain't got time to go to Ephesians right now. Paul is trying to change this church because fornicators get nothing from God. Liars get nothing from God. Covetous people get nothing from God. Casual people get nothing from God. Lukewarm people get nothing from God. I am trying to be enriched in all things. Amen, because from a small seed, he said, I want it to be a mighty tree. But if it's going to get mighty, then it's going to have to change. It's going to have to change. Amen, you can't come to church 
and just looking like you're going to empty the trash every day. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh. <laughs> oh. I want to tell you a story. This person just lied to us. They told us that we, I invited them to church. Said, I invited them to church. Said, why don't you come to our church and visit us sometime? Because what they looked, they didn't look like they was going to church. The way they was dressed, nobody should go to church dressed like that. Say amen to that. Amen. Unless that's all you got. Unless, come on now, let me help you right there. Unless that's what's on your back is all you got. If that's the best you got, that's different. But I knew that wasn't the best they had. Because I seen their best. That wasn't it. And we said, why don't you come visit our church sometime? Because you're not dressed to come today. I wasn't asking for today. Because the way you were dressed was not for today. You could have been feeding chickens today. You could have been washing cars today. But you're not dressed for church. Church should get your best. Come on now. I, I, I praise the Lord. I done heard from heaven now. Ain't nobody like, that's just religious. No, it's about best. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about the best. Amen. Is this the best you going to do for anybody for all times on the planet? That is good. Is this your best for everybody? Yeah. Amen. Praise God. But you're not going to up it, amen, because you went to a funeral, are you? Come on. Yeah, come on now. Oh, you went to a funeral, so now you let the dead bury the dead then. But you're going to put some on nicer because it's the funeral. Now, where your shingalings to the White House? See if they let you in there. Say amen to that. See if they let you in there. And then you get, try to give God your worst, and then you're going to try to go to him in prayer. Yeah, I am helping you. Praise God. People can, got, they can go everywhere they want to go during the week. Come Wednesday night service. I'm preaching real good. You got energy for everything else. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, come on now. Because I'm ready to go there for you. I got a revelation I got to give you tonight. I ain't even got into it yet. I appreciate praise God. If you were paying attention, you caught us in California, you caught part of it. But then I started getting more, amen, during the week, and I started flying back and telling Dr. J. He said, you if you preach this to your church, no, I just started getting it because God want to take us somewhere. He started giving me messages about grace after grace after grace. I'm glad everybody that preached, praise God, and Ke Minister Caleb and, I, and, and, and Agnes and, and Candace, all of them started teaching on grace. I said, they learned something. You don't preach your own message, you help me. Amen. God gave me this platform, praise God. You help me on the platform. Lord, preach some way out there. Some way. We ain't trying to do that. Ha! <laughs> We learning something up in here. 
Say amen to that. This thing's about ready to take off. You read the prophetic words over this church. You see, people don't even take it. Won't even, but it's coming to Sheila, like I see that. They read everything else. Then they won't even read the prophetic words over the church. What are you talking about? We're talking about you not being enriched because you don't listen. And then when somebody else gets blessed, wonder why it don't happen to them. Amen. I'm preaching real good right now. Praise God. I got burn up down there in Texas. You can take a little toast in tonight. You can take a little toast in tonight. You can take some toasting. <laughs> if it's not toasting, it ain't God. I ain't said nothing to hurt people. All I said, change. All I said, put your clothes back on. All I said, give God your best. What's wrong with that? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> people, oh, they're so religious down there. No, we're giving God our best. He gave us his best. He hung on that, oh, praise God. Do I got to talk about that? How he hung on the cross from the sixth to the ninth hour, took your beating, took your judgment, took your stripes, took thorn prints on his head, took your, nailed him to the cross, not tied him to the cross, nailed him because we deserve to be nailed to the cross. And he was crucified for us. He was given his best. This is my beloved son. This is the best I got. This is the best redemption plan. This is the best breakthrough plan. This is the best enrichment plan. This is the best raising plan I got. The Bible said it, it pleased the Lord to bruise him so that you can live the abundant life. I got to take your place on the cross. I, I got to take your place in the grave. I got to take your place in hell. Somebody want to... Act like the Bible talks about Jesus going to hell. It's in Psalms, 22nd Psalms, and the 36th Psalms, and the second chapter of Acts. He had to go to hell. No, he didn't deserve to go there. He didn't deserve the grave. He didn't deserve the cross. He didn't deserve the judgment. But bless God forever, we did. We deserved it. He took your place. Don't be a dummy. It was too good to go to hell. Yes, but you wasn't. But you're lying behind. But you're fornicating behind. But you're disrespectful behind. Disobeying your parent behind. Disobeying authority behind. But you're stealing behind. You know that ain't yours. Why are you taking it? You deserve to go to hell. So Jesus died. God, I want to go over there. You know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? That though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. That you and I through his poverty might be enriched in everything. And now the God has given me the message to get us there. But it's going to take repentance. You're going to have to change, amen. He had to go through a change, amen, so that we could be made the righteousness of God. He had to be changed. The Bible said he became sin, amen. He became sin for us. In a moment of time, God laid the iniquities of all of us on him. And he took our sin so we could possess his righteousness. 
so that you can stand in the presence of God and receive every spiritual blessing that belongs to you and turn around and stand in the face of every demonic force and cast out devils and lay hands on the sick and live an blessed, enriched life. He deserves our best. We need to be on time. We need to wear our best. We need to give him our best praise. We need to give him our best giving. Jesus deserves our best. He said, you bring your casualness to me. You bring your lukewarm. I'll spit you out of my mouth. I'm not going to have no casual church. The world can't get saved if the church is casual. You will not be the salt of the earth if you're casual. Men will declare you have no value. They will cast you out. And I'm not ready for no man to try to throw me nowhere. Church on the Rock has value. People get blessed in this church. Miracles have been done in this house. Tumors have disappeared. Aneurysms have left people's heads. People's hearts have been restored. Minds, people have been delivered. It has value. And God wants to enrich it on another level. There's another level we got to go to. So you're going to have to change. Whatever you've been doing is not enough. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I wasn't doing enough, praise God. I got time to put a suit on. Got time to put it on. If the governor called me tonight and said, Keith, I need to talk to you. Church on the Rock is just on fire. And we need the wisdom of God in that house and, and the things you all are doing. We need to learn more about him. Can you come to my house? I'm not going to his house in a past shingalings. Some of you don't even know what shingalings are. They're cut off blue jeans. And they're cut off somewhere above the knee if they're regulation shingalings. If you go in and hire, those are violating shingalings. And then you come down to the you come down to the place where you cut them off and you start cutting up. So when you walk, you're shingalings, shingaling. Those were in style back in the day because when your blue jeans wore out and had holes in them, you couldn't patch them and weigh the school because the kids talked about the patch. So the, all you could do was turn them into shingalings. Today, people buying jeans that should be shingalings, holes all in the jeans. They bind them like that. You should be wearing those jeans. Those are ringalings. I don't know what you want to call them, but they should be shingalings. When you have holes all in your in your je blue jeans, and, and they're not fit to wear anymore, so they just make them out of shorts. You cut you cut them off. You don't keep wearing them. And praise God, people looking all at your legs and stuff like that. Cut those jeans off. Make them out of shingalings. Say amen to that. God said, I want all grace in this church. I want this church to be able to fund anything. <laughs> we talking about going to a place. Come on now. Come on now. I'm just talking about one grace right now. There's many graces. I'm just talking about one, one grace. We got the grace of angels in this place. He said, Keith, now I told you to pray about health and wealth every day. And now he said, and Dr. Jacobs preached again. He said, you're going to have to talk about the angels. He said, during noonday prayer, you're going to have to talk about angelic ministry. 
Then Pastor Nancy come back to me and said, the gifts of the Spirit need to operate greatly through your life. He said, now you're going to have to take a day and noonday pray and talk about the gifts of the Spirit in your church. Amen. See, I, see, see, when I get word, I change. He said, you're going to have to do noonday prayer. Church without prayer is nothing. It's nothing. We have to change. We have to change. Change has to stick. Dale Tillett told me, and he's been with Dr. Jacobs more than any of us. I've been with him 38 years. Dr. Dale Tillett been with him over 40 years. I may be the spiritual son that's been with him the longest. But Dale's been with him. Well, Dale's a spiritual son. Dale's Tillett been with him the longest. And Dale came to me. He said, Keith, most people never change. I'm not looking for those people. I'm not looking for them. People that don't change. Just keep living the same sorry, sorry life. I'm not trying to fill the church up with that. And neither is Jesus. He didn't come preach, get saved. Did you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke? He didn't come preaching, let's get you to heaven. Let's get you saved. He came preaching change. The gospel is preaching change. It's not about going to heaven and getting saved. It's about changing and then believing his word. That's the message. And the message is not membership, it's discipleship. It's people that look like Jesus. No, that's the assignment. It ain't about getting a whole lot of people in there if they ain't gonna live right. That's why you gotta... That's why the whole service got to be one hour because that's all they can take. And it's got to be total entertainment. Turn all the lights off because nobody want to read. Make it like the theater and the rock star because nobody want to read the Bible anyway. That's who you got in there. And let something come down the road and see what happened to a bunch of worryless people. Praise God. Go to verse 15. Preacher stopped at verse 11. It says here, well, go to, let me finish 13. While their experiment of this administration of distributing, this administration of distributing wealth, that God is looking for some people he can trust with untold wealth. And this ain't based on how smart you are. This is based on your honor and how much grace, purpose, and cheerfulness. God don't want people, God is not gonna give people money that are depressed about coming to church. Shit, is it Wednesday? Is it Wednesday already? Shoot. It's been Wednesday all day. It was Wednesday when you got up. It was Wednesday while you was eating God's cornflakes. Drinking his Starbucks. Amen. It was Wednesday when you was eating his chocolate-covered donuts. You didn't even say thank you for that. Just gobbling it all down with your dishonorable, disrespectful soul. It was Wednesday when 
Uh, it was Wednesday lunch when you was dipping God's chicken in honey mustard. It was Wednesday then. Amen. Praise God. It was Wednesday all day when you was wearing God's clothes and his angels were watching over protection. It was Wednesday then. <laughs> Sunday. We're talking about 11 o'clock. We ain't talking about getting here at 6.30. We ain't talking about no sunrise service. I dare not call it a sunrise service. <laughs> you could probably have Tennessee Pride in here, orange juice and Tennessee Pride sauces and biscuits. That's how everybody else get them. They have to have a big breakfast. <laughs> I'm preaching real good right now. <laughs> Come on. Some of the churches say, well, sunrise service, we serving breakfast. Bubba done woke up. Because <laughs> he going to eat and take a plate home with him. <laughs> Raising his finger, walking out with plates. You know how they leave services. I'm talking about the church. I have a right to talk about the church. I've been in it for 61 years. My life is in I've pastored for 25. I have a right to talk about the church. I sold my life for it. I gave up my entire career for it. I gave my best for it. I have a right to talk about it. I have an assignment on my life to lead it into the calling of enrichment. I know it can't get there in its current state. I refuse refuse to play games because it wasn't a game on the cross. The Bible said for man, Jesus was so beat up in his face, his face was so marred it didn't even look like a man. It's not a game. You've got to stand before him one day and give an account of how you lived. We must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And I'm trying to get you to hear well done. Amen, thou good and faithful servant. Get up and talk about, well, he didn't teach us that. I'm going to ask the angel, step back. Is he talking about me? <laughs> that I didn't teach his sorry behind the word? So you a lie. <laughs> and the truth ain't in you. And prepare for the devil and his angels because you're going to hell with them. <laughs> hell is real. That's why I'm in mean, there preaching so hard. Amen. How you know because the Bible said it's in there. All right. And for your liberal distribution, God wants the church to be able to distribute wealth liberally. Unto them and unto all men. And by their prayers for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you. I appreciate Caleb and 
Agnes and Candace preaching on grace because there's an exceeding grace. And we ain't got into it yet. We're not into it, but, I'm, but Sheila Bako Sunday. I got an assignment. Come on now, to take the church into it. I got it. I'm glad you're here tonight, praise God. You passed the test. I don't, you, baby, if you, I don't care if you just stumbled in here tonight. Praise God. You qualify for supernatural, exceeding, enriching grace. Amen. Because you hear the word of God. Amen. Yes, sir. Thanks and exceeding grace of God in you. Amen. That means God wants, once he put it in you, then you enriched in everything. I mean, all, all somebody got to do is have a question come up on your job and, your, and you working there. And because the, the enriching grace of God is in you, you come up with the solution and everybody in the boardroom turns around and looks at you. Have you ever had them look at you in the boardroom? trying to get you on a whole nother level. Have you ever made them look down at the table at you? <laughs> well, praise God. They're going to be looking at you coming up if you get into this. All right. Praise God, I ain't got time to talk about that. It's not to start walking in something. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift and I'm out of time. Spent time tonight talking about the urgency. Change is needed now. I'm going to preach the same message in Brentwood tomorrow. I'm going to preach the same message Sunday morning. It's Mother's Day. Well, mothers need to be enriched in everything. Come on now, your mama, you enriched mama. You walk down there, praise God. You got five kids. You can't get a Toyota Corolla. You need to be enriched. Come on now, praise God. Oh, you can't have five kids and stuffing them in, in, in tuna cans, breaking every law going down the road. <laughs> I'm talking about riding around with the nicest car seats because it's enriched. Amen, praise God. I don't care what style of level of life and God can want you enriched. This ain't got nothing to do with where you work at either. Grace ain't got, grace cannot be worked for. Grace cannot be paid for. Grace is just given because God loves you so much. I ain't even got into that part right there. Why he unleashed the grace? Because he loves you so much. Most people have no idea how much God loves them. They just don't. He doesn't want church sitting here with a note on it. So he set aside a grace for a million or so dollars and he would hope the church on the rockers would come get the money. Being enriched in everything. Being so enriched that they paying it off and then he says, he says, unto all boundfulness, that once you get through paying it off, you still got money left over. You come in there, probably, Pastor, you got another project? I'm loaded. 
it's over to the blessing is overtaking me. You understand? See, I'm rich in all things. Come on now. This is just supply money. I got, he done blessed my bread and my water. He done multiplied my seed sown. He done increased the fruit of my righteousness. He done provided abundance for my house. Does the house of God have another project? Build another parking lot, preacher. Money burning my pocket up. See, some people wrestling whether it's even available or not. That's because the devil has done a tight wad number on your head. Tight about everything. God's going to so deliver this church about giving that you can't, it's going to come a day that people can't wait to give in this church. I can't wait to get here. Oh, the love of God, hallelujah. His soul done loved me so much. He's loved me so much. Even when you at your worst and you come back to the house of God, Father hollers out, bring out the best slippers. Bring out the best robe. Kill the fatty calf. That's for the person that just got here. How much more? Those in here, praise God, that are receiving grace after grace. All right, I got to show you how to get in here and then I got to go home. I said I was going to preach 30 minutes tonight. Lied to myself. <laughs> Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. When that preacher preached that night, God said, keep reading. Nobody ever preached this verse to me. Nobody has ever preached that verse to me. There's so much in the Bible so much we haven't tapped into. The Holy Ghost said, keep reading. Don't stop at verse 11. I'm sitting in the service. Keep reading. Thank God for his unspeakable gift. That would translate undescribable. that God can so enrich our lives with grace that no words cannot even describe the enrichment in how we're living. It's undescribable what he can do in your life. Thinking about Solomon, Queen of Sheba went down to sin and God started working his loving kindness on Solomon and made him the wisest king that ever been on the earth and granted him, he says, just because you asked for wisdom to help my people, Solomon, you didn't ask for long life, victory over your enemies. You didn't even ask for riches. You just asked to be able to govern and lead my people in the will of God. So I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'm going to enrich you in such a way there will never be a king like you on the planet. I'm going to give you uncountable wealth. I'm going to give you victory over and peace with all your enemies. And I'm going to bless you with long life. And so the queen of Sheba heard about the fame. 
Wait till people start hearing about you. I'm not talking about the people in Nashville. I'm talking about the people in Kentucky. Mississippi. <laughs> in China. Start hearing about you. And taking a vacation just to come see you. See that? I start, when people get it, I turn the turn. I like this. I couldn't move it in Merced. You know, the podium was too big. I couldn't move it. I, I said, I got to get back to Nashville because I can preach to the people that's really getting it. It was people that have never darkened. They, they, they quit coming to church on the rock. It was so much dishonor in it. But when I changed, people came to see the change. Dr. Jacob said, he's, no, that building is full. They're parking all around the building. And he done started a church in Brentwood. People bought tickets to come down here. Preachers bought tickets to come to Nashville to see what was happening at this church. Then we sold the building in, on, on, over in East Palestine. And then we built this one. People bought tickets to come here. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Praise God. The allies better get ready. Because God is getting ready. Sheila Bakasinde. Yeah, come on now. And this ain't about this ain't about this ain't about you measuring up. This is about whosoever will. That I'm gonna take the word that's been preached. I don't care if it burns my toes. I don't care if he, I don't care if he throws out a flamethrower and it singes my afro, burns off one side of my jerry curl. Take a roll out of the top of my head. As long as it's the word of God, the grace will put the hair back. The grace will put the joy back. And I'll end up being enriched in everything. And people will have to take flight because God is doing great and mighty things that you know of not. He's showing our praise God on the life he's enriched and the life he's ready to grace. But you got to be ready to change. You got to be ready to give him your best. He said, now how do you get into this? How do you get into it? I saw it. It's over there and I preached some of it before I left here. So in verse 6, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, I said, there it is. Oops, there it is. Now, you got to understand something about Brother Corinthians, and I wouldn't have known if I hadn't gone to Bible school. I wouldn't have known this. You don't enrich a fornicating church. So you have to understand the order of the book of Corinthians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. There were four letters written to the Corinthian church. They were kept writing it. They kept writing it. This can't be writing. These people down here cutting up so the leaders were writing. This is what they're doing, Paul. This is a man that come in here with his dad, his wife. Amen. We got, we, got, we got a section over there, number two. Well, they the same sex over there. I, what should we do about that? They were writing him questions like this. We got women that need to shut up in here. They're they destroying the business meetings. What do you need to do about those women? It was a carnal church. Have you ever read through the book? You will if you go to Bible school, you go through it. 1 Corinthians 5, 9, Paul, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. Let's do this real quick, little Bible school right here. 1 
1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. So this ain't the first epistle. The first one they didn't get. The first one was about fornication in the church. Fornicators kill churches. God don't even go to them. No, he don't. He don't even listen to the music. I know they rocking. Why are you singing when you know you're going to derobe yourself? I said it. <laughs> I want nobody singing nothing to me. Living like that. Just ease on to a great chair. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. Just ease on to a great chair because you don't believe what you're seeing. I live what I preach. Amen. You, until you learn how to possess your vessel, it's telling me not to even keep company with you. That's book. He says, I will not listen to one of their prayers. So how are you going to hear you say? The fruit of our lips, according to Hebrews chapter 12 and 13, is a fruit of our lips is unto him. It's sinking to him. How are you going to sing to the one you disrespect? I'm just, no. The Bible is just saying. Amen. It's just saying that. There's no prosperity in it. I couldn't prosper that church. And that woman had the nerve to write my, I don't understand why this church is not growing. We are leaving and going somewhere else. But that's the best thing that ever happened to me. I didn't know it. <laughs> You got your little heart fanny out of here. And set it on my desk. And I read it. And then they had the nerve to show back up in here. Unrepentant. You can't walk back in here and take a seat. I got to see you in that office. You cannot come back and take a seat because you will not pick up where you left off and you will never leave another note on my desk. You were the problem. You got to understand this preacher. I wasted 15 years of my life because I kept company with fornicators and I worshiped. Bible clearly tells you I don't want it. Not one time. Ephesians said not once. 
How do you lay up with somebody that's not your mate? It's a covenant act. Neither one of you can really know God. And the one that claims the Christian is the worst. The one that claims to be the Christian is the worst. The heathen is supposed to do what demons do. You can't make a marriage out of it. It's, God ain't going to help you. I've done this long enough. Then he would be an accomplice. He's not divided. I had put my clothes back on as a young person. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says such were some of you. Amen. Praise God. I was in the, I was in the fornicating cadets, the core fornicators that went to church every Sunday. And a little lady, she was the only one, Miss Sykes. She said, Brother Roker, you go to church every Sunday. I'm watching you. I was 22 years old. She said, but the way you live in is not right. See, Miss Sykes, you need to mind your own business. You know that. I'm over here trying to deliver your newspaper and be a good employee to the Tennessee Company and deliver my newspapers. I bring your newspaper every day. You got enough news in here to keep you busy. You don't need to be all up in my grill about my thrill. <laughs> Amen. I could have said that. It's obvious I never forgot it. So the person I was cohabitating with at that time, I let them give their own testimony, but I'm not going to say nothing. Amen. I don't bring other people's stuff out. I just talk about me. You see what I'm saying? You can't change nobody but yourself. So ain't no need to tell who was in that house with you. Amen. But I told them, y'all got to go. I said, you got to get your stuff, get on, raise on up out of here. And that's when God called me to ministry, when I changed. He never puts adulterating, fornicating preacher in service. Learn something about your Bible. God does not employ fornicating preachers and adulterating preachers. The moment you do it, you get fired just like David did. So when he went back out on the battlefield, tried to fight the anointing that was on him to fight Goliath, didn't work the grace had lifted I'm talking about the exceeding grace and I'm talking about doing the things that will not cause it to lift off your church because his show came out off of David and when Goliath brothers were out there on that field to get revenge one of them slapped him to the ground and was about ready to chop his head off one of the mighty men of valor stepped in and defended him or he would have died on the battlefield read your Bible. Grace lifts when we dishonor. Amen. He wrote about it. He told you what to do. Don't go out to eat with them. Don't invite them over to your house. They don't need to be a part of your prayer group. Never less up on your platform. They need to repent. So what they did to the man that brought his dad, his wife, they put him out of the church. And they said, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. 
I shouldn't have brought it up in here. Could have stayed out there. I wouldn't have said nothing to him. He brought this to my house. He could have stayed out there on Buckhanna Street. Amen. He could have stayed on Old Hickory Boulevard on his end. On his end of Old Hickory Boulevard. I'd have never said nothing to him. But he brought it up in the house of the living God. Jack him. <laughs> Jerry understand what that means. Praise God. Jerry, the only one said amen and started laughing. When I said jack him, Jerry knew exactly what that looked like. He saw a vivid image of it. He saw the man getting jacked. Ha! When the man realized they showed him the exit signs, they broke him. And he repented. He repented. 1 Corinthians, we don't have it. Your 1 Corinthians is really your 2 Corinthians. That's when God spends the time telling y'all, so call them. Second, first Corinthians is really your second letter. Those four letters. The third letter is verse second Corinthians chapter 10 through 13. That's when he said, if you don't change, I'm going to come down there and jack every last one of you out of order. And I'll come down there with a, see, we haven't really seen real ministry gifts. You can't do that in a real church. You can't, oh, I don't care what you say, preaching all this stuff like it. No, somebody died. We're going to throw dirt on you. We don't have real ministers. I'm sorry. Because they won't obey God. They do whatever they want to do in the churches and preach like they want to. One of them died trying to do it. Family came to our church and, and said, we can't, Pastor Rogan, we're getting fed better here, so we come in here. We want to go back and tell him why we're leaving. When they told him we're going to a word and spirit church, he said, if I preach the things he preaches over there, people would choke on it. You don't get to choose what people choke on. It is not your church and it's not your gospel. Two or three years ago, he committed suicide. You don't get to play. Second Corinthians 10 through 13, he says, I'm going to come down, I'm going to jack every last one of you. When they got the jacking letter, that's when they start repenting. They repented around chapter, Second Corinthians chapter, I don't know, around chapter 2 and 3, they repented. And then Paul said, I forgive you too. You got to be ready to forgive people. If they're really genuinely changing, you can't say, well, here's old so-and-so. But they, you can't do that. People generally, we repent. God forgives them. He wipes their slate clean. If you ever had your slate wiped clean, I have. It's like you have no cares in the world. It's like every problem that you ever had just lifted off of you. And you're totally free. No one. Jesus, he said, who shall condemn the elect of God that he cleansed and he justified and that he's definitely going to glorify? Who shall lay a charge to those that have repented? Oh, God. I said, God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me how I live my life. 
you for the rest of my life. Anybody don't want to get with what you're doing, they can't be in my group. They can't be. I'm on a road. I'm going somewhere, man. I got a destiny. Should have changed things quicker at East Palestine. I wish I'd have fixed it quicker. But then I have to decide. I have to learn how to live a life without regrets. I do not want to regret how I live today. I began this slogan for myself. I'm going to live without regrets. If people are dishonorable and disrespectful and the spirit of discernment tells me don't promote them, don't use them, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. I'm not going to have a life of regrets anymore. Amen. What I'm trying to say, 2 Corinthians 1 through 9 is the last letter. So the last thing he did to this repentant church, he said, all my grace is available to you now. Because you made the changes. All my grace, you can be a great church now. Kenneth Copeland said, <laughs> Corinthians, Corinthians is a Greek, is a Greek city-state. Per Kenneth Copeland said, the Greek Orthodox Church is the weakest church on the planet. It's not so much what I do. It's not so much what I do. I'm watching Caleb like a hawk. The church is only as powerful as church is only as great as its successes. They have to buy into the gospel, the real world of God, the real anointing, not what other churches doing out there. I never watch anybody. I got all I needed here. He tells me what to do. I got enough instruction. This is how you get into it. I know I've gone long tonight. Y'all got it hot off the press first. Did you get sizzled? Used to be a restaurant called The Sizzler. <laughs> Have you ever got the chicken? You ever got the fajitas at a Mexican restaurant and they, and they bring the skillet out there? I like to get the triple. I like to get the triple where they bring the shrimp, the steak, and the chicken and the green peppers and red peppers and onions out there. They bring the skillet out there, and, and you can't even touch it because they, they serve it to you sizzling. Amen. If you ever wanted to run the roof, Chris, and they tell you don't touch the plates, they come out at 500 degrees. But you got to eat it. <laughs> you got to eat it hot sizzling. That's how it's going to be. This is going to be the sizzle around here for a while. It's good food, but... Have <laughs> 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 you ever heard... Have you ever had some food that was too hot and it burnt your tongue? And you realize it two days later because it's still filling your tongue. Well, welcome to the sizzler. 
Praise God, but it's still nutritious. You're going to make it. All right, let me read verse 6. Then I'm, 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 I'm praise God. I, I went all, now verse 7, I went through all this to get to verse 7. I said 6, but it's really 7. Every man, this is the ultimate scripture. How do we get to undescribable blessing on your life? Where people get airline tickets to come see the glory of you. Do you want to go? I read this verse several times and all of a sudden I said, I said look, this is not just talking about money, this is talking, this is a principle. It just works in the area of finances. It's a principle. Every man, every man, one chair after chair after chair after chair, every man, one at a time, according as he is purposed in See, it's the heart that determines what people give and how they serve and the quality of service and the honor of service that you get from them. It's the heart that determines if it's going to be a fornicator or not. It's an unbelieving heart. It's the heart that determines whether I'm going to be a tither and honor God with my substance. It's the heart. It's been the heart all along. Jesus said, you honor me with your lips, but your heart. It's the heart that determines if you're here on time. It's the heart that determines if you're here. It's the heart that determines if you serve. It's the heart, and it's man by man. So every man will be judged by the quality of his heart. As he purpose, the word purpose will translate honors. Every man, according as he honors the things of God in his heart, that will determine his service. Because a church without honor is a disqualified church. It's an inferior church. And the pastor is a fool if he leaves it that way. He'll be the biggest loser in the bunch. Because just like any time, they can just write a note and put it on your desk and walk out the door, but you got to stay or you'll die. Just walk out the door and say, I quit. Preachers die for that. That's why David had to stay king whether he was anointed or not. Can't change it. But they said, don't go fight no more, David. <laughs> David, you can't fight no more. <laughs> you almost got whooped. Dude, jacked you. Everybody think you anointed. They still thank you. The general population still thinks you anointed, but we know better. You get your little behind back home. You sit on the throne and still tell everybody you are the Lord's anointed. But don't ever come to the battlefield again. For political reasons, it's better for you to sit on the throne and keep making the people thank you.
messenger going in. I can tell when they ain't. I can tell when it's talent. I can tell when they're filibustering. I can tell. Every man, according to his purpose in his heart, so let him serve. So let him get involved in ministry of helps. Reason why he ain't in ministry helps because he don't care. He just wants stuff when he wants it. I just want blessing when I want it. I don't care about the house of God. I don't care about your house. God says, because of you, I have holes in your pocket. Strive to prosper. So let him serve. The reason why people walk past park, paper in the parking lot, they don't care about the house. The paper right there just walk right on past it because they don't have a heart for the house. The reason why you can't get people in the cleaning ministry of the church says you built it wrong. You put all the energy into it. They have nothing in this building and they don't care. So they will remain fornicators and non-tithers. You could have put them in the cathedral somewhere. Their heart is jacked up and they don't care. You shouldn't have built the house I don't care whose feelings it hurts. It's the truth. As soon as I got their dishonorable souls and immoral souls out of the building, the house grew. God came to me and said, Keith, you're at a crossroads. You're going to have to do it all over again in Dickerson Road. I'm showing you a whole nother level. It's not about a new building. It's about an unspeakable grace. That's the people that will end this dispensation. And that's the calling on this church. And that's why I'm giving you this message. From a small seed, it shall grow a mighty tree. Even my other men failed me. They failed me, but you won't. I saw you like David out in the middle of a sheep said, I can elevate him. Not grudgingly, but you ever say, I got to go to church. We don't need you here. You'll get nothing. Spot. God will spot.
shut down a miracle that you saw me behind. Yeah, I said it. I want you to get mad and repent or stay gone until the rapture takes place. I'll see you later. Will you repent? There's options. I know how to do it. Repentance is not, if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you. I know how to put my clothes back on. I know how to bring God the honor that belongs him. Now, I know how to be cheerful about putting on a suit on Wednesday night, Thursday night, because it's my best. Deserves my best. Your best looks better on you. As soon as I walked in tonight, Jerry knew it was my best. Did you hear Jerry last night? Jerry, he treated me deep. He treated me different because I didn't have blue jeans on tonight. Come on now. Jerry said, All right now. Look at Rev. Amen. And if Jerry can identify your best, so can God. Amen. And get ready for him to saturate you with his best. Yeah. I almost took off running. Because I'm not through with a verse yet. <sighs> not grudgingly nor of necessity for God can't stop loving God loves a cheerful giver of their life their time their prayers, their finances. He gets excited. And I saw it. There's agape and agapeo. Agape is the subject of love. But agapeo is the demonstration. And God demonstrates oh you better get ready for a demonstration oh I'm preaching for a demonstration I'm living for the demonstration of his love amen praise God I'm preparing a church for God to demonstrate how much he loves us and he loves us just like he loves Jesus. So somebody is getting ready to get highly exalted with exceeding opulent wealth right here in the planet. And last I read, Jesus didn't raise himself. Jesus didn't seat himself. Jesus didn't crown himself. Jesus didn't glorify himself. The Father raised him and seated him in high places and praise God because he was cheerful. He was excited. 
He was cheerful about giving his best to God. God is looking for a cheerful people. Did you ever say, son of mine, gotta go to church. That's so sad of an attitude now. We're gonna make that a sad attitude. We're gonna tell you to stay at home. Don't tune in! No, 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 no. After I lay it out and delineate it clearly, you're not my harvester. I know what I'm supposed to. I know what this church is supposed to be a mighty tree. And you can't be a mighty tree. Wednesday night. Keep your tired, disrespectful, dishonorable, stingy, non will never serve God at the highest level behind at home until you repent. Don't waggle back out here and take a seat on the back row and wrote a note on my desk. Get right back to where you came from because I can look at you. You still a fornicator after 15 years and having bastard sit in the seats and be comfortable because I wrote unto you not to keep company. I want you to pull your fellowship away. You don't have a seat here. It's the seat Seats are for those who repent. They did what Jesus asked for. God, I'm so sorry for the way I've lived. I, I will change and be whatever you want me to be. That's why I'm standing here today. Not because I did everything right. I changed. I changed. Paul said, I persecuted the Christian, I martyred Christians, and I'm the, I'm the chief among sinners. I'm the chief among them. I can't even believe Jesus even called me. I murdered his disciples, and I murdered the families that worshipped him. I separated them. I imprisoned them. But by his grace, That's your heart tonight, standing.